Right. Uh, hopefully that is all working. Yeah, I think it is. I know that that's an unprofessional intro, but this is short notice and there's no way around it. Welcome to episode 117 of the Mike White's podcast. Uh, I, I am Jack, as always, John Beck, AC. Hello. How's things, mate? You all right? Oh, not too bad. Not too bad for a Saturday. Yeah, unfortunately, it is a Saturday where we're both sat in the house instead of being sat in a beer garden. Yeah, we could we could be sat in a garden. Yeah, with a... I mean, I'm expecting a live audience of about four people today because it's stunning outside. I absolutely would want... If anyone is sat having a beer instead of doing this or watching the Barnsley v Rotherham game with massive implications at both ends of the table, yeah, fair enough. That is perfectly reasonable. Um, another thing that was reasonable and, if anything, a little bit harsh on us was a 1-1 draw with Liverpool. Yeah, it started out as a game that felt like it was going to be overshadowed by everything going on with the uh, the European Super League, former European Super League, it yeah. seems to be now, um, with the the protests going on outside the ground and Jurgen Klopp's pre-match press conference, which would be followed up by a similar vein of the post-match press conference. Uh, this, this banner may make me may be a sign that I kind of have a bit of an issue with Jurgen Klopp this week. <laughs> yeah, you know, obviously it was, what was it, 2019 when he said he was against the idea of a European Super League and then seemed to be pointing a lot of fingers in various directions other yeah, but- than the owners, which I understand you can't directly criticise your owners while you're under contract sleep. But well, you can. I, <laughs> I mean, all right, it's not a good idea. I don't think it's the worst idea. I mean, they're not. Then, if they've any sense, they're not going to sack him. Yeah, but the, you say if they had any sense, these are the people that tried to set up the European Super League. Yeah, it's a fair point, I suppose. Um, but yeah, it, 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 as a game, I, th- I thought certainly for Leeds, we we grew into the game, but. The first 15, 20 minutes just felt a little bit irrelevant to start with. Yeah, it was a weird feeling going into this game. It's um, it, it's wrong that we're playing. Obviously, not being there makes a huge difference because like Leeds play Man United tomorrow, I'm not nearly as up for it as I would be under normal circumstances. But this Liverpool game, I could have eas- I could almost have forgot it was happening with everything else going on around it. It, it, it they made the game fairly relevant, and that's because until the Super League got binned off, it sort of was. Uh, yeah, but- the the idea of this story of Liverpool, who've you know really struggled with injuries this season and have fallen away since since winning the league last year, and now trying to claw, claw back into a Champions League place for a competition that they don't want to take part in in the future was was a very odd narrative. For this game, yeah, it was ve- it was very strange. Um, yeah, like you're saying, first tw- uh, the other thing with the first twenty minutes, it wasn't just that it was quiet and no one really cared. The first half, other than that one big Bamford chance where Phillips stepped in really well to win it ahead of Firmino and put him through, other than that, first half was all Liverpool. Yeah, do we. It just felt very slow and lethargic from us, to be honest. It seemed like we were very low energy, which 
I think that's the thing with, with our style. If you're anything other than 100% at it, it you can see the drop-off very quickly. Um, I also, for what it's worth, I think in the first half, Liverpool's pressing was very good. Yeah, the, Liverpool did a very good job. I, I thought we struggled to do pretty much anything in in central areas. You know, with Roberts and Dallas, I didn't think there was a whole lot from either of them. Um, not that you know, struggling to hold the ball up and, and just keep possession in, you know, sort of in the middle. And Liverpool were just able to keep pressing forward. Yeah, they pressed as well, and obviously they they nearly got in a few times, but the goal. It was a really good crossfield ball in behind for Trent Alexander-Arnold. Uh, Jack Harrison sort of switched off and let him go. It, it, it is an error, but it's an understandable one. It does happen. Every now and then it's going to happen, and he just got away. Uh, Alexander-Arnold beats Melier to the ball, squares it to Mane, simple tapping. And he couldn't really complain at half-time, being 1-0 down. It was fair enough, really. Uh, the Bamford chance was a good one. It was an awful touch that just made the finish so much more difficult. But then in the second half, were Leeds as dominant in the second half as Liverpool were in the first half? Because they weren't far off. Like It was all Leeds in that second half. Yeah, it, it probably took me about 10, 15 minutes to, to realise how in the game we were at that point because I, I think... Again, through the middle, we were we still weren't producing a lot, but down the wings, I thought Jack Harrison was was getting a lot more success. Helder Costa was getting into the game more. Um, Alioski, I thought, had a very good second half and, and kind of doubling up with Jack Harrison was doing a good job. Um, and it was kind of about fifteen minutes. In, I was like, actually, we're in this game now. Like, we we can actually do something here. Yeah, it took me a lot longer actually. It was only it was when it hit about seventy minutes I then thought, you know what? I think we deserve to be level by now. And at that point, a lot of people were saying we're unlucky not to be in front. Yeah. Uh, and by the by the end of the game, I think that was probably true because we had like I mean, obviously there's the goal which we'll come to, but the Bamford chance off the bar, although it's a good it's a good attempt, it is a really good chance. He'll think he should do better. Harrison's chance where Roberts plays him in is a really good chance, and that's a good save from Allison. The one for Roberts that Pervada put pretty much on the plate for him. I mean, that's that's one where you have to score. That was a really poor finish. He smashed it straight. Allison couldn't have got out of the way of that if he'd have wanted to. Yeah. Uh, but just it's, it's but, like that time we were playing in Bridlington, and I had a shot on goal, and you got in the way. It's and and, yeah. and, I, and I still resent you for that. Yeah, and but and in fairness, it must have that was a better shot because it's quite easy to hit me now. It wasn't quite so easy back then. <laughs> <laughs> Much smaller target area back in the day. Um, but you know, Leeds kept going. I mean, by the end of the game, Leeds had had 63% of the ball. So in the second half, I must have had about like 75% of the ball. It was all was pushing going. And there was a few breaks, like Salah had a couple of chances after he came on. But Leeds were all over them and then Diego Llorente heads in from a corner. Yeah. Marcel Bielsa, set-piece master. Yeah. He's fixed it was a, uh, <laughs> He's been threatening to do that He's at set-pieces. He's, he's got on the end of a lot of defensive ones well, as Llorente. And he did score one in the under-23s that was a really good header. 
as well when he was making his comeback from injury. Uh, we just, I'm so I'm, honestly, I'm so happy with our centre back options now. And at the start of the season, I can't, you'd never found me going. The one thing I don't think we need is a centre back. Yeah, you look at how we're doing at the moment, and I, I sort of feel sorry for Robin Cox. So the, I don't see a way he gets back in anytime soon. You know, Urente's had a really good run of games at the moment. Um, strikes in for for now, and it's kind of up to Bielsa as to whether he'll drop back out once once Cooper's available again. But um, yeah, I, I, don't, I don't see Robin Cox getting back into the starting lineup anytime soon. Yeah, and I agree with you. It's harsh because I I thought he was having before the. Before the injury derailed him, I thought he was having a really good season. I thought he was absolutely nailed on starter going forward. Um, it's sort of a, it's sort of a weird one that because, like I, I still I think right now Uente and Cock probably are still the best two, but I definitely wouldn't pick that because I, I Bielsa has completely converted me to this. If you can, you have a right footed centre back and a left footed centre back, and it's way more important than I've been giving it credit for. You can get away with it if you've got a, you know, a really two-footed centre back, which is why Strauch on the right worked fairly well because he's very two-footed. As much as I dislike him, it's why John Terry as a left centre back worked so well because he was very, very two-footed. Um, so I, I mean, right now it's got, I, I think until the end of the season, everyone fit. It's going to be Urente and Cooper if everyone's fit and available. But I do think next season. And it's not a slight on Liam Cooper at all. I think we have to start Strauch. Yeah, it's 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 a very tough. One. It's it's quite a nice headache to have, really. Um, but between certainly, well, but to be honest, for the way they play, between all four of them, I think they all have perfectly reasonable arguments for for saying no that I should be starting. You know, like I said, Cooper's form since the turn of the year, I think, has been brilliant. And at no point have I really seen, you know, I've never seen close to League One Liam since the start of the year. Um, Robin Cop from you know his initial run was was fantastic and and looked very composed and settled in very quickly. Yorente's grown into the team. Stroik since he started playing centre back has been has been brilliant so you know it's we've got we've got too much too much of a good thing yeah i uh i miss the days where we didn't have any centre-backs at all and we were trying to figure out what clever way bielsa will try and figure it out and now there's no figuring out needed it's all this being well run and stuff it's it just feels wrong to a certain level um but yeah i've obviously Getting a draw against Liverpool is always a good result, even though they are not them this season. Is not them last season, obviously. Partly the injuries and partly there's just something up mentally there. I think because they've done it again today against Newcastle, like an hour ago. They missed shed loads of chances, but if Newcastle had would have had anything at all, like a competent forward line, like they had some Maximan playing really well, but for most at game, Willock and uh, Callum Wilson were on the bench. And if if Joe Linton was someone else, I think they'd have scored three or four. Not because he was missing chances, but he just kept making the wrong run. 
and Almiron was the same. Kept making the wrong run over and over again when there was loads of space. Uh, so there's definitely so it's almost as if they're trying to uh, still follow through on boycotting the Champions League. <laughs> um, yeah, Liverpool at Manchester City. It feels like they're they're a very mentally fragile team at the moment, and I, I, you know I don't think it's too hard to to kind of knock them. And, and once you've got them on the back foot a bit, there's you know I'm sure he will come good, but I do look at Kabak and just think. Just bully him a little bit, and you'll probably get some joy out of him. Yeah. See, because it has been a rough baptism for him since coming in. Today was weird because Kabak was the pick of them today. He was, he made a lot of really important tackles, but they were the sort of important tackles that you only have to make if the defence is in the wrong positions to start with. Yeah, uh, Scott Parker special. Yeah, Scott Parker special. Uh, but but he also got booked, and there was a couple of other fouls, and it was a right on the line. So they, they, I know what you mean with him. Well, while, so, while, you, um, while you were watching that game this uh, earlier, I was watching the Brentford game as Pontus Janssen got two two yellow cards and ascending off. Yeah, it was an excellent motivational tactic from Pontus Janssen to really put his team in the shit so he fires them up so they get a one 0 win at Bournemouth. Uh, true captain. Yeah, true captain. <laughs> it was brilliant. It's, it's not at all Janssen doing something silly in a big game because he never does that. Yeah, it was a. Uh, <laughs> It was brilliant just watching because the second yellow card, he he's a, he just gets completely wrong side and then to recover just dives on top of the attacker essentially, <laughs> hauls him down and just gets up laughing and just takes the armband off because he knows what's going. Yeah. And you're like, oh, Pontus, what are you like? Well, sometimes you do something and you know that the punishment is coming. So what is the appropriate punishment for the six teams that signed up to the Super League? Oh. Um, I mean, I, I, we keep say, I keep saying the Super League is dead. It's dead for now. It's going to come back in some way in a, few, in a couple of years. But what would, you, what would you do if you were asked to give up your dreams for freedom? Um, <laughs> <laughs> oh, nice, uh, nice Team America reference there. Yeah. <laughs> um, when when you go through social media, I know it's probably not the best gauge for, for things like this. The amount of people who I've seen just going on about how uh, you, you know you can't punish the players and the fans for what the owners have done. Like, have you not seen how they've dealt with administration before? That's have you all not seen they football? <laughs> That's all they do. Luton got docked thirty points once. Yeah, I mean, there's always Luton wreck. I always think the best example to use because it's the most recent is Wigan last season. Yeah, I mean they they did a brilliant job. The sec everyone involved, players, management, everything, second half of last season, and dragged themselves from looking like they might go down to a team that they ended up like twelfth. They dragged themselves up the table, playing brilliantly, and they went down because the owners fucked up, and now they're in League One, and they had they lost all the players. You know they were. In the ground, we signed Joe Gellhart for like a million quid. Who it, yeah, that which might is be, a ripoff, which is a ridiculous thing. When it happened to us, we were fuming. So, Wigan fans being fuming, I absolutely understand. And you're right, the administrators should not have sold him as that cheap. Uh, Anthony Robinson went to Fulham for what, like two million quid when he yeah, nearly went to AC Milan for 10 in, in the January. Yeah, it's you know, but. 
that was not the fans' fault. And that's their argument with this. It wasn't the manager's fault. That's their argument with this. It wasn't the players' fault. That's their argument with this. You, There has to... And the, in the rules, it says... It's like if you... It's not just if you play in a competition. It's if, if you sign up to one that is not sanctioned. Well, they did that. Yeah. So... I mean, it's not like if they were staying in it. Because when they did it, I was like, no, fuck it, kick them out. They can have their own game with blackjack and hookers if they want. But, like, you know, and now we're not at that stage. You know, kicking them out would be ridiculous. But I do think next season all six of these teams should start with a points deduction. And if it's right, that because there is a lot of stories going on that four of them were really in and Chelsea and Man City signed up a bit late. If it was like they get 10 and the others get 12, I can live with that. But what I think will happen is they'll all get a fine. Do, do you think anything's going to happen to the... Because that's that's the other thing as well. I suppose like you can still ban an owner, as you know, as we saw with Cellino. But, you know, there's nothing to say that they can't just tell someone else to do what they want them to do. Yeah, ban- banning the owner will do absolutely nothing. It's... It's barely a punishment, especially for some of these who were never there anyway. Yeah, um, obviously, uh, Woodward's going. Yeah, Woodward's he, he going. Has, he has accelerated his his departure. Have you seen he's trying to spin a narrative that he only found out the day before and he's resigned in protest? Kindly, fuck right off. If anyone buys that, then they are. Then I have got a bridge to sell them. I was going to say it didn't take long for any journalist to say sources are Manchester United were key to building the European Super League. Um, I do, I do quite like that there's there's three or four clubs still technically trying to go with this. As uh, obviously Juventus and Real Madrid, the two key ones because the their presidents are like the two top figures for the European Super League, aren't they? Barcelona is still there and. To Inter Milan, I think they are. Yeah, technically still in it. Like Agnelli and Florentino Perez are the two that have come out statement-wise afterwards, who were saying, "Okay, it's not happening, but we still think this is a really good idea and it should happen." So they're really, they're really, really holding on to this. Uh, I think Alexander Seferin said, "You've got, you know, like a few days to pull out of this now." Otherwise, we're kicking you out of next season's Champions League. So it'll be interesting to see what they do. I mean, I I honestly think a, a ban from Europe probably wouldn't be the worst punishment for these teams. I'd like to see that, but I do not see that happening. In the oh, no, I, I, cannot, <laughs> I cannot see it happening. But, um, but that's it. Like, I don't see... Because you look across all these owners and, and whoever it is that, that would get fined, they're all multi multi millionaires, if not billionaires. The, the, these fines aren't going to do anything to them. The, the only way I can see it have you know something taking effect would be points deductions and and bans from the continental competitions. Hmm. Uh, and in Spurs' case, just carrying on as they are this season. Yeah. yeah I, t- I know that everyone's made the jokes about it, but I still cannot believe Spurs have managed to get their way into this. 
Mate, they're 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 playing in a major final. A major. That's that's what Sky Sports said it was anyway. So that's major. That's tomorrow, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. That's how now go I would have because I I'm not as down on the League Cup as a lot of people. I'd have been thinking, oh, that'll be a good game and and now I just I, I kind of want them both to lose. I'd, I have said before, and I, I do stand by. I think, I think that I probably want Spurs to win because I don't want either of them to win. But I think it'd be really funny if they sacked Jose Mourinho and Ryan Mason won a trophy with his first game as a manager. I'd be pleased. Sorry, second game, I believe. Oh yeah, he has managed one, hasn't he? Yeah. Yeah. You're right. He managed one. That, that was his. That was his warm-up game. Yeah. Uh, yeah. No, you're right, but. I just if I was him, I'd I would retire. be pleased. If you I win, would be pleased retire. for him. Yeah, yeah. I don't care about anyone involved, but Ryan Mason had a really tough break in life. So, well, let me rephrase it. In terms of football, overall, he's still you know loads of money, all of that stuff. So it's not as bad as it could be. But the way that his career ended was very unfair. So I'd quite like him to win a trophy straight away. Oh, sorry, when you said tough break, I, I thought that was a, a pun. No, it wasn't a pun. Uh, I mean, it, that was fucking awful when that happened. It was, it was minging. Uh Well, we'll try. We'll move away from the ridiculous amount of money in football and how evil it is, and uh, talk about the thirty million quid left back that Leeds have been linked with. Uh, it sounds like it's a lot cheaper than that. Uh, we have, I think, mentioned this before, but Nicholas Tagliafico from Ajax who is like Argentina's first choice left back, 28 years old, was linked with everyone last summer for like 30, 35 million quid and agreed to stay. But it sounds like he agreed to stay. And the deal was, I'll give you another year, but I'm off next summer and it's cheaper. Because apparently now it's 15 million quid. Uh, he's linked with us and Inter and Man City quite heavily. Um, I would prefer someone younger than 28 if I was picking. But if it's true that the price is 15 million quid, that's a pretty good deal for a very good player. Uh, he's not the absolute best defensively, but, you know, it's Leeds and their fullbacks. That's always kind of going to be the case. But he's brilliant in build-up play and he's technically very, very good. Uh, so, at that price, I'd absolutely have him despite him being 28. Yeah, like you say, for... For someone of that caliber, it's, it's it's an absolute bargain, really. As as much as you can ever say that about fifteen million pounds, mm. um, yeah. It's, you know, when you when you're looking around, if you're trying to get someone who's 23, 24, you also know that you're going to be paying a premium on top of that for a younger player. Yeah. So you know, it, it, I suppose. The thing you'd kind of hope is it gives a couple of the younger players chance to, you know, if, if in my heart of hearts that that some of the other twenty threes can kind of catch up and close the gap on him in that time, so that when he gets to thirty, thirty one, that they can at least be a decent stand in then. Yeah, like the the other two that we, I mean, obviously we were very heavily linked with Roman Pero. That's who Phil here said ages ago that we're quite likely to go for. And he's similar money, and he's only 23. So I think at the minute, Tagliafico's probably better. But I haven't seen enough of... That's but not really based... I haven't seen enough to be sure of that. And if Perro's better defensively, then I could understand that. And 
I've seen a lot of people, including uh, heavily Josh Hobbs from uh, All Stats, aren't we? Who watches quite a lot of Red Video, saying if you're going to spend that much money on the left back from the Dutch league, you sh- that we should sign Owen Vindal from uh, AZ Alkmaar because he's like nearly at that level of, as well, similar money, and he's only 21. Yeah. So, yeah, it, it's one of them. There is options, but I certainly I will not be at all sad if we sign. Tagliafico, which probably means that he'll be useless because I don't have the best track record. Um, well, I mean, we knew that this one wasn't going to be long because it's like his third one in about eight days. Uh, so, scum. Tomorrow, two o'clock. Danger it's, man, Scott McDominay. So yeah, Scott McDominay himself, as they call him. Uh, I must admit, as much as we laugh about him, he has turned into a really good player. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Everyone took the piss out of Mourinho because he kept throwing him in and gave him his player at season that year and stuff. But every time they have a big game now, he plays. That's it. It's as soon as with them, as soon as there's a game where they think they might be on the back foot a bit more, it's typically Pogba's move, moved out wide. And uh, what is it? Uh, McTominay. And Fred come in typically. Yeah, I would assume that because they've they've pretty much always been four two three one lately. So I would think it'll be McTominay and Fred, Bruno Fernandez at ten. Pogba will play nominally nominally off the left, I would think. And then Fr- probably free roll. Well, yeah, and Rashford on the right and Cavani up top. Mm. You would think, which you know isn't bad <laughs> as it goes, uh, but. Obviously, the, the last one, it went really badly when we played them. But that was a bit of a perfect storm. Like, we we didn't play well at all, especially in midfield. Uh, Rodrigo, it was Rodrigo and Click were both just sprinting ahead of the ball and getting nowhere near it. Yeah. Uh, and they were just running through the middle, like four men versus Calvin Phillips, who was also being dragged way out of position by Bruno Fernandes anyway. Uh, and uh, but there was good things in that game, like you know we did actually create quite a lot of chances. There were we were able to get at them. If we're only one nil down after three minutes instead of two nil down, maybe we maybe visit. But as it, I should have been fuming with that game. I really should have. But because we went two nil down in three minutes, I just went oh fucking hell and just laughed because it was such a bad start. It's the worst start I've ever seen. <laughs> So I just I, I was able to let it go quite quick, uh, but because of the way that went, do you think we're going to be a little bit more pragmatic this time? No. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, there's times when we've discussed whether we should be or not, and, and there's lots of times that we should be more pragmatic. But you know, it, the old Bielsa adage: just do plan A better. That's. <laughs> I think it, we will be slight. We'll be more pragmatic compared to the first time, even if it's not deliberate. It's just because Dallas. It'll be Dallas and Roberts instead of Click and Rodrigo, and that just is by its definition a bit less mental. I'm fairly sure Stuart Dallas will be very happy to not be playing fullback in this game because I think him and everyone else. But I think he had a bit of a rough go of it. Yeah, in, in sort of defensively, anyway. Um, Scored a belter. Oh yeah. <laughs> um, 
I mean, it's going to be a tough one for us. By the sounds of things, still no Rodrigo. But it looks like there's going to be no Rafinha. Yeah. And Cooper's uh, still out. Cooper's out. Adam Forshaw's got a slight groin strain or something, so he's doubtful. Out for a year. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I, I, I assume it's just going to be the same team. Yeah, game. Um, yeah, I'd be very surprised if there's any changes. Um, he's Bielsa was very big on talking up Roberts, uh, which he deserves. He's been vastly improved. He's been really good lately. Uh, but the way he was talking makes me think, I wouldn't be shocked if we heard about his new contract in the next couple of weeks. Hmm. Uh, and we still haven't sorted Bamford's out. That needs sorted. Mind you, though, now that Bielsa, with the way he does contracts, I just think it's all going to be in the summer, isn't it? Yeah, just yeah. get it all done at once. Yeah, don't you dare distract any of these players from running. <laughs> you leave them alone. Talk to them when the season's over. Um, yeah, I, I can't see, I can't see any players shifting around. I can't see any changes that you that you'd make. Um, so yeah, I'd like you say I. I just hope that we don't have that part that that combination of terrible starts and players just not being at the races. Yeah, because it was it was a little bit of a perfect storm last time out. So hopefully we don't get any of that this time. Yeah, hopefully, um, hopefully, I'm... like the play if the players aren't at the races, you know, we can still hold out for the first seven minutes. Yeah. Um, I must admit, this week has been one of them where they've not been able to go to the grounds has really pissed me off. Liverpool, Liverpool at home Monday night and then Man United at home the following Sunday. That should have been a really good week. Yeah. That, that that should have been that would have been one of the better ones of the season. So, especially being in well. the ground to hurl abuse at Liverpool for ninety minutes over everything. That's that's a, it would have been a fun atmosphere that one. Yeah. Um, oh, I just I just checked because I am interested. Barnsley are beating Rotherham one 0 I, it's weird. I want Barnsley to go up, so I'm pleased to him. But I want Derby to go down more, so I want Rotherham to win that game. <laughs> yeah, I don't want Derby to go down. That is what I want. Um, obviously, I knew this one was going to be a bit shorter, and it looks like it's going to be. They'll be 4 2 3 1, so we'll be 4 1 4 1. Man for man all over. You know, wingers versus our full backs. Bruno Fernandes will be marked by Calvin Phillips. I'll be interested to see how Phillips copes because he kind of got. Schools a little bit last time. It was more yeah. off the ball than on the ball. It just, and I think that they'll do that again. Like if he's nominally playing ten, if they play Pogba from the left, Fernandez is just going to go to the left, and one of them will come inside. So we, you might end up seeing a fair bit of Calvin Phillips sort of nominally at right back and Luke Ailing ending up as sort of CDM, which will look a bit weird. So I'm hoping they'll communicate really well because they may have to switch quite a lot uh, and that they have to do that well if they're going to do it because if you don't you're in trouble especially as I think that both Pogba and Fernandez are quicker than both Ailing and Phillips yeah um, again that's that's the thing with with us going up against players of the quality of, of Fernandez and, and Pogba if if we don't get the man marking right then you know, it can very quickly go wrong. Yeah. 
and then Fred and McTominay against Roberts and Dallas will be a lot more compact this time because Dallas will Dallas doesn't just stick to his man so much he is willing to give himself a yard and be willing to sort of treat it with a little bit more caution I do fancy Roberts to be able to get on the ball in dangerous areas though against them uh, so it'll hopefully we'll see the end product with it because that is the one thing with Roberts as much as he's improved lately he's been a bit unlucky end product wise because he's got done by VAR a couple of times but his end product and his decision making still isn't the best. Uh, but he's still young. Hopefully that'll come. Yeah, I just ah, so that was the other thing. I was, I was just looking through the the team we put out last time, and that was when we had Luke Ailing at centre back as well for that one. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, it'd be quite nice to play against them with with two recognised central defenders. Yeah, we were a little bit all over the shop as well last time, weren't we? which uh, didn't help. Um, so, Costa right, Harrison left? Yeah. Who, I don't know. I mean, uh, I, is there an argument for switching them this time? Because Wan-Bissaka isn't as dangerous going forward as Luke Shaw is. And Jack Harrison is the more disciplined one. Yeah. Um, Although again, just kind of with how Bielsa has done things this season, I think the only time he'll he'll really switch them over is if he thinks it has an attacking benefit to it. Yeah. Um, Ali sent his message saying it's only a matter of time till Roberts close control in the box wins as a penalty. Uh, yeah, he is. He has got really quick feet, and there's you know the problem is it's against Man United the next one, so we're not getting a penalty. I can tell you that for <laughs> absolute certain. Uh, yeah, so I was, was going to say yeah, one of one of my still abiding memories of Leeds Man U at Ellen Road is having an own goal disallowed for offside. So, yeah. um, and that yeah, um, yeah, with Tyler Roberts, the other thing I've, I've noticed not not nearly as many back heels now. He, he seems to have dropped that one a little bit. Yeah, he's he's really improved. I've I've really enjoyed watching him lately, and as I say, I do think that. There's a lot of people who have phrased it like this, but I think it's right. I think if you wanted someone to replace him who's, say, 10% better, I think you're probably looking at spending what, a minimum of 15 million quid. Yeah. Which, because, I mean, which seems ridiculous, but that's for where football is now. And how much for the player Roberts might be in two years? You know that that's that could be thirty odd million quid. We don't we don't know. That's the problem. Yeah, and I suppose with how we've we've set up this season, like I imagine that this season is probably the first time since Bielsa has been here that Roberts has been probably properly committed to that position. Whereas I feel like before he's always been the backup striker. Or, or even playing as a midfielder, he's played a lot higher up the field, kind of mm. as more of an out-and-out number 10, whereas I think this year it looks like he, he will have spent a decent amount of time training as a central midfielder and kind of learning yeah. more that click role. Yeah. Uh, I, I must admit, I think it's been a little bit harsh on click, the way that he's dropped down, but I think he just... He was going to run out of steam eventually, and I think he just did. Uh, so it might well be a good thing for him that he's missing these games, playing the Euros, have then get a pre-season and see where he is. 
I mean, because yeah, I, I, I still my, really like Click. At the start of his season, Click was brilliant. My thinking though is, if if Mateus Click can get into any team in the world, how good does that make Tyler Roberts? Yeah, that's true. That means he can get into even more than all of the teams. <laughs> <laughs> Um, well, obviously, we knew this one was going to be a bit shorter, uh, so all we've really got left because we there's not loads tactically, it'll be man for man all over the pitch. Man United have better players than we do, so in theory, they should win. But we, you know, we always create chances, so you never know if we defend well, we can do something. They can be a bit fragile. Uh, it's worked the last two games, this should be high scoring. I'm going to say we lose 4 2. Uh, I'm going to say a two-all draw. Oh, you broke from your two ones. Oh, no. Oh, I'm surprised. Well so, well, so did Leeds. Oh, yeah. oh for fuck's sake, Derby have just got in from. Oh, there. Oh, bollocks. Um, that's no fun. No. Uh, right, um, well, I think that that will do us for, admittedly, a very short... Uh, again, and by the way, apologies to everyone for moving it around and stuff. There was no way around it. Uh, this is never the time that we would want to do it either. It's just the way it worked out. Uh, I will have to mute for a second. <laughs> Sorry about that. Um, yeah, we will be back to a, a better schedule next week. Um, I'm not actually sure which day the Leeds game falls on next. It, oh, it's back to the Saturday. So, yeah, one of the midweek evenings will be back to there and in a better schedule. So, yeah, that'll do us for episode 117 of the Mighty Whites podcast. Uh, we are at Mighty Whites Pod on Twitter, mightywhitespodcast.com. It's on everywhere except Acast. Uh, the stuff we write goes up on Through It All Together, which is on Twitter at THIU, it's all LUFC, and through it all together at SBNation.com. Uh, we just put Kyle Newbold just put out a piece today about how we really, really, really fucking owe Man United one after last time, uh, which I quite enjoyed reading. Uh, so, I've been Jack. See ya. I'm in KC. Have a good one.